step inside into the world of Lady Teal's Curios. As above, so below. This iconic aphorism stuck with me long before I even knew what tarot, witchcraft, mysticism, or cultism was. Originating from a hermetic text known as the Emerald Tablet, this phrase has traveled through time, paving a way for all those interested in the otherworldly. As a child, I often stared at the stars, feeling a connection and bond to them that I could not quite understand. When I grew, I learned from Carl Sagan that we're made of star stuff. Yes, humans are made up of the atoms that were created in previous generations of stars. Knowing that fact made the saying, as above, so below, echo in my mind and heart. There was some truth to it. But truths have been a somewhat relative term for me. I grew up in an organization that many today would consider a cult. I wouldn't say I had a horrible or deprived childhood, quite the contrary. I felt nothing but love and support growing up. But there were rules to follow, especially for women, and whenever I questioned those rules, I was always faced with the same answer. You follow the rules because it's the truth. The truth will set you free. This organization is the only true religion. Questioning the religion's truth is questioning God. After a series of events led me to fully question every piece and particle of this organization, I began seeking facts instead of truths. Facts could be proven and supported by evidence. Truths can be left up to the eye of the beholder. What is true for me could be totally untrue for someone else. But while I was searching for facts and evidence, I came upon another realization. The world is a curious place. I could not give credence to magic and superstitious beliefs based on ancient teachings of which we are not even sure if the words are correctly translated. But there's no denying there's so much about this world we don't understand. There's no denying the connections we experience. That electric feeling when someone special walks through your room. In every story, I believe there's a grain of truth, and possibly some grains of facts. These are the thoughts that filled my mind as I left the restrictive religion and opened my mind to a world of curiosities and possibilities. These are the topics that I was once forbidden to study or to even speak about. These are the people I was once brainwashed into thinking were a horrible influence, perhaps even controlled by the devil himself. These are items of interest that were kept out of my life because they would supposedly bring about evil. These are Lady Teal's curios. Today we start down the rabbit hole that is tarot. This will likely be a multi-episode series over the years, as tarot is a very involved practice with a lot of history. I remember hearing about tarot from movies and TV shows way back when, but that was about as far as my knowledge extended. And growing up in that particular religion, I was taught that tarot and many other forms of mysticism originated from the devil, so we were always instructed to stay away from it. Well, about a year ago, my curiosity eventually got the best of me. I walked into a mystic shop in Atlanta and spoke with a wonderful lady who helped me understand some of the basics of tarot. She said one of the most important things when starting out is choosing a deck. You really want to choose a deck that speaks to you, and you should connect with it as well. Now, let me tell you, even if you do not believe in the spiritual and mystical aspects that tarot often brings about, you can still appreciate the amazing art that many tarot decks provide. I probably spent a good 15 minutes just ooing and aahing over the beautiful cards. I ended up picking a rather basic and expensive deck that had really nice illustrations since I was also in a budget then. 
The Wild Unknown Tarot Deck and Guidebook was what I picked, and I'll link it in the show notes. And I'm sorry, I'm going to take a sip of some beer really quick as I have a frog in my throat. Okay, since that day, I have come across many decks that I've added to my wish list just because the art is so beautiful. I cannot emphasize how beautiful some of this artwork on these cards are. After getting a deck to play around with, I begin to study some of the history behind this practice, which has recently gained increased popularity. One theory is that the tarot is simply a card game, with earliest records just after a few decades of the arrival of card games in Italy. For a tarot deck to be truthfully considered a tarot deck, it must include the major arcana, and we know this was in existence in the 1400s. It is likely that card game players mixed the major arcana with other decks, and this eventually formed the minor arcana. The fact remains that the major arcana has been around for a while and was likely used for ceremonial magic at some point in history. So what is the major arcana? The major arcana is also referred to as trump cards. There are 21 numbered cards and one unnumbered card known as the fool. The 21 other cards are filled with archetypes and the cards follow a storyline as the fool journeys through the world. The tarot is a representation of your journey or of all humans journey through life. When did the magic and reading come into play then? The first known tarot reader was a French occultist, and I am probably going to butcher his name, so I'm apologizing in advance, but Jean-Baptiste Elliot, who wrote under the pseudonym of Itiela, 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 not really sure how to pronounce that one. E-T-T-E-I-L-L-A. He was said to have learned his teachings from an Italian. Never mentions the Italian's name, just he learned the ways from an Italian. Jean-Baptiste and some of his counterparts believed, or convinced others to believe, that there was a connection to ancient Egypt. This particular tidbit here has some contradicted history and some tarot readers believe that there is a connection to ancient Egypt, and some believe that there is no connection to ancient Egypt. While there are many similarities in depictions of deities in certain hieroglyphs, there is little evidence that the major arcana was inspired by the Egyptians directly. There are some that believe that tarot cards and other tools of divination are inspired by Sinsa, which we'll totally have to get into on another episode, but basically Sensa is considered to be a language that was once shared openly with humans, and then humans lost their ways. So now, as humans, we have to use tools like tarot cards or other divination tools so that we can learn more about that language and those who speak that language who were often referred to as high initiates. There is so much history surrounding the tarot, and this is just barely getting our toes wet, but I thought it would be a fun introductory episode as we step into a world of curiosities. I have some later episodes planned with professional tarot readers who can provide a little more expertise than myself. Until then, I thought it would be fun to give you some resources that can help you learn about tarot if you're so inclined. And I also recorded a conversation earlier in the year with a wonderful lady who had just begun her journey into reading tarot, and I think you'll find that conversation very interesting, which will um, play after we finish with the resources here. So my research today was from Esoteric Quarterly by John F. Nash, Wikipedia, Mystical Origins of the Tarot from Ancient Roots to Modern Usage, EasyTarotLessons.com and Astrology.com. There are some great apps you can download for free if you don't want to purchase a deck yet to see if tarot is even for you. These apps are the Golden Tarot, 
This one's my favorite. It's great. It teaches you what the major and minor arcana mean. It also shows you different styles of reading, such as daily cards, three card spreads, Celtic cross, and a lot more. You can actually log your cards, so you can refer back to previous readings if you ever want to see or verify something. And Daily Tarot Plus has readings as well as horoscopes and lucky numbers. However, I am not a big fan of this one. It is free, but it has a ton of ads that pop up and it's kind of annoying. It has a lot of notifications too, so make sure you turn those notifications off. I would say the Golden Thread Tarot is definitely my favorite tarot app. It seems a little more to the point and you're not bombarded by ads all the time. So, But if you're into horoscopes and lucky numbers, then you might want to check out the Daily Tarot Plus because it has those as well. So on Reddit, there is a sub called r slash tarot, and there are often many free readings done on there, which is kind of nice when you're just starting out to see if it's something you're interested in, or maybe you want to learn how to read, and you can learn from the people on the sub. There's everyone from beginners to professional readers on there. There's lots of great recommendation for beginner decks as well. And you have your general tips and tricks that can be found on the sidebar. And there's just a ton of resources. It can be a little overwhelming at first, but everybody is nice on that sub. And it's helped me a lot in doing some of the research for this podcast. I'll post two links to some really beautiful decks. One is the Pagan Otherworld Tarot. And the other is Moonchild Tarot. They're really beautiful decks, even if you don't believe in any of the mysticism that surrounds tarot, you can have one of these decks and your friends will be jealous because they're so pretty. So let's go ahead and jump into the conversation I had earlier this year and I hope you enjoy it. Well, thank you um, for talking to me. I, uh, I have a, I guess a new interest in tarot reading and um, just wanted to talk like a little bit about just giving maybe a background as far as how you got into it. And then maybe if you could explain to people who like haven't really um, gotten into it before what it's about. Definitely. Um, So well, with tarot cards specifically, um, that kind of got started when I was in college because um, I went to college in New York City. So a friend of mine and I just, I don't know why, when we started going to psychics together every once in a while, um, actually got kind of pretty often, maybe like once a month. Um, and it was pretty fun for us. So, and our group of friends kind of would tease us about being interested in it. So for my 21st birthday, uh, two of my friends got me a tarot card deck. Um, It was kind of a gag gift, but I started playing around with it for fun. And I really just started getting into it. I just, you know, it was, (laughs) it was a fun way for me to just kind of be able to to kind of get messages on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just sort of, slowly went in its own direction from there. Like I would do them for myself for fun. Then I had a couple of friends that I told that I was doing it for myself and they wanted me to, to do it for them. Um, and then they were like, Oh, that's actually really accurate. So it kind of just slowly built up from there. Um, and then maybe a couple of years ago, it's people, I've had a few family and, friends say that I should do it professionally because I just started getting into it more in depth and I felt like I was understanding the cards a little better and got more intuitively connected through them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found there's a psychic fair um, in Atlanta here that I went to and they have psychic development courses and I went to that and they did um, they did like a meditation that that opens you up more intuitively and helps you just kind of open your, your intuitive nature even further and be more open to it. Mm-hmm. And ever since then I felt like I was able to read the cards from a more intuitive standpoint where 
you know, I don't have to look up the meanings of all of them and try to figure out what it means, but I can kind of look at the pictures and kind of understand and feel what they're trying to say. Um, and at the end of the fair, they were saying that they actually need more readers. Um, and, you know, they're asking if me and, and the other people there were interested. And, you know, I was definitely really interested because I, I feel like I can help people through it. Um, so it's a lot of fun for me and I really enjoy it. But even before that, I just always felt kind of connected to it because um, I definitely had a lot of clairvoyant experiences as a kid that at the time I didn't really understand what they were. But as I got older, it made more sense what they were. And when I made friends at the psychic fair, I realized they had a really similar experience where they would have like weird visions or things kind of pop in their head that would end up coming true. And, you know, we all kind of had that in common where it would happen and we thought we were crazy, but then when it would come true, it was like, okay, maybe this is actually a thing. Um, and I've just really this year started really understanding that it was, there were clairvoyant experiences and that I do have like an intuitive side to myself where I'm able to understand and, um, kind of feel things that other people don't feel. Um, it's definitely a thing where growing up, I always felt like I could read people really well. Like I could see somebody and tell if they were happy or angry or just what they were feeling. And I just, it felt so natural to me that I assumed that everybody else feels that way also. And I really learned that that's actually a, a really intuitive thing to have and that a lot of people don't have that. Um, it's just like when you grow up with something, it always feels so normal that you don't realize that it's not normal until you kind of figure that out by putting it into words and kind of sharing it with other people and, and kind of get, gauging their reaction to it. That's really interesting. Um, I've always kind of heard that like clairvoyant experiences happen uh, to, to people a lot when they're younger. Um, is that something that you've kind of encountered too? Like, I mean, I know based on your personal experience that you just said, but like with other people that have gotten involved in tarot or psychic abilities and things like that, do they typically realize like when they're kids, like, oh, I have this ability that I didn't know I had? <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's a thing where you have it, but you don't realize what it is. Like, I didn't realize until I was older. Gotcha. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I just thought it was a normal thing or it was weird or, like, <laughs> sorry, something like that. Yeah, totally. And then when I was older, I realized, like, oh, this is something that that other people don't notice. Like, I would kind of mention it to, like, my husband or my mom or somebody and they were like, you, that happens. Like, and I'm like, Oh, I thought everyone has that experience. <laughs> so do you do this now full time or do you have, um, like you do it part time and you have other things that you do throughout your day? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm an artist, so I'm an artist. So my husband and I, you can get yourself some water. <laughs> so we own an um, animation studio together, and we do animated video content for businesses. So that's, like, my full-time thing. And <clears throat> I'm also I, – I do freelance illustrations. So right now I'm working on two kids' books for two authors. So, fun. so I always did like different creative projects. Yeah. And, and that was even part of like, I guess the intuition that I didn't realize at the time, that's what it was where, you know, if I ever growing up, tried to imagine myself doing a conventional job, doing something more normal, I would just get really depressed. <laughs> and it felt always really wrong. Like I'm not supposed to do that. So you know, I was like, okay, I, I can't even try because the idea of even doing it, like, just makes me really sad inside. Yeah. Like, my soul's dying. So, I was just, you know, and then I just got really determined and 
made myself figure out a way to make it work. Um, That's great. Thank you. Yeah, and and I think it it kind of looking back, I think it manifested it without even realizing it. Like I didn't know what manifesting was, but I think having a really active imagination and just like imagining all the time where I wanted to be one day and what what things would look like kind of helped me. Like I, I kind of have escapist tendencies, so. I would always imagine myself like in California or New York City as an artist and just like, cause that was my dream that I would just like pretend I was doing it kind of like in my mm-hmm. head. Mm-hmm. And then both those things happened. So I think I accidentally manifested like my, my goals for myself. So now I do it more intentionally and I know it works cause it's worked. So, um, it's something I really enjoy. And then when I started going to psychic fairs here, a couple of them have told me that I'm going to be an energy healer. So I think that also motivated me to like take the psychic development course and just play around with the idea of it and just kind of see what happens. So for somebody, I, I guess I only know like a little bit about energy healing and like, I am very new to this whole realm of, um, psychic things and all that. So um, for like somebody that doesn't really know what would be the difference between a tarot reader and an energy healer. Yeah. So that's what I'm learning too. And a tarot reader is somebody that reads tarot cards and can kind of help guide people, like kind of see where they're like, where they're at and where, where they want to go and maybe some advice on how to get there. Um, and energy healing that I'm understanding is kind of, it's like Reiki and things that I, I'm just starting to learn what they are now. And it's kind of like touch healing work mm-hmm. where people can kind of like put their hands over your body without touching you sort of, and just kind of feeling energy and moving things around. Um, and to help kind of putting healing energy into traumatized or hurt areas mm-hmm. to help kind of release that stress. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still understanding all of it. That might not even be like a hundred percent. I'm sure there's more to it, but that's my understanding so far. That's neat. Um, so I'm guessing if, did you grow up in like a really conventional household where like maybe I'm guessing you didn't if you had (laughs) clairvoyant experiences and your parents were cool with it and everything. Um, Because for, for me, for example, I grew up in a very uh, fundamental Christian, like very rigorous. I, I didn't even like start exploring outside of any other religion until I was in my mid twenties. So until I was like far, far away from my parents. <laughs> so, um, like, kind of, I guess, tell me about like how growing up was for you, and how like your parents enabled you or didn't enable you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's interesting. I, it's kind of a mix. Um, the town I grew up in is like a small city in upstate New York, where things are pretty conventional. Um, so I was sort of felt like a pressure to fit in where I couldn't mm-hmm. because I didn't really naturally understand like the societal norms and like how to really kind of connect with people that are like that. But in another way, it was also, I felt like I got lucky in a way because I grew up in a very, I grew up in a Jewish neighborhood and there's a lot of mysticism, I think in Judaism, um, and my parents growing up, it's kind of a lucky combination where they're both there in sales for one thing. And I always just grew up with it. So doing sales and talking to people and telling them what you do kind of ended up coming. I felt like I got trained really young and it was very natural for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and also my parents in doing sales they were never into, I mean, they're, they like what they do, but they never grew up with a passion. And 
so they, them always knowing that I wanted to be an artist, they were always thought that was really cool and they were really supportive of that, which I realized later on that I'm really lucky for that because a lot of my extended family too, there are a lot of them are hippies and they're just, they're kind of really free spirited. So my parents were really, they thought it was pretty cool that I just wanted to do art. Um, but the, the psychic part of it, I think that took a little longer because at first I was just doing tarot readings and my dad would like walk in my bedroom where I'm just doing readings for myself and he would just kind of make fun of me. He just thought it was like <laughs> funny. <laughs> like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, but then when I, when I did readings for them to kind of like show them I really knew what I was doing, then they were like, oh, that's actually interesting. And then my grandmother actually was like very intrigued and like let me do reading for her and now she's really into it and she like asks me to bring my tarot cards home <laughs> and some of my cousins like have asked to like Skype with me once in a while so I can like do a reading for them for like career relationships or whatever so it's kind of funny and like I don't know they're all really cool with it so <laughs> it just like took them convincing that like I wasn't it wasn't just some weird art thing I was into. Like it was, it was more legitimate. So right, that is really cool though. I mean, everybody seems pretty open to it because I, I know there's a lot of criticism and um, like skeptics out there in regards to mysticism. So I, I, I hear so many times people who want to maybe learn more about tarot or psychic abilities or anything in that realm, they immediately get shut down by their friends, their coworkers, their family, whatever, because yeah. there's such a stigmatism around it. Yes. And I, I can kind of pinpoint when people, I think always kind of growing up as an artist in a conventional place, I can kind of feel out intuitively if people are generally more open-minded or not. So, mm-hmm. I definitely have like family members and people I know that I just don't even talk about it because I know it's just, it's not even worth trying. You know what I mean? Like why right. I put myself out there and get shut down. And and that's just something I kind of grew up with where I just kind of, I think I've always been an unconventional person in a lot of ways. And I just learned really early on young to just kind of keep it to myself unless I really felt like somebody would understand me. So it's kind of just, I only tell some people. And then when my parents took it more seriously, and then they told other family members that would also kind of take it more seriously. So it just kind of slowly was a domino effect instead of just like putting it all out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, that way I'm way more comfortable because I'm as a intuitive empathic person, I am really sensitive to judgment and I definitely did not want to feel judgment for something that for parts of myself that I knew were was who I was. And and that even went back to like being an artist, you know, I definitely had a lot of people that if I tried to talk about my dreams as an artist would kind of just shut it down and tell me it's too hard. And it's not even, I shouldn't even bother mm-hmm. trying. And I just, for my own sanity, kind of just had to shut it out and keep it to myself because I didn't want to give up on my dreams because other people told me that they didn't agree with it. You know, because at the end of the day, it would only be hurting myself. Right. So. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's probably a good perspective to have, not only in, like, your arena, but just for people in general. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess I've always been really distrustful of people. So it's like they have to prove to me that they're worth me opening up to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I heard a lot. Yeah. So do you have more than one tarot deck now? (laughs) I have many. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, I I I have a bunch. Yeah. Do you, do you, like, recommend a certain kind when somebody 
starting out? Yes. Um, like I, and I'm still kind of using these to learn from, but like the rider, uh, tarot decks, the like learning decks, those ones are really good for just like learning what all the cards mean. Cause there's a lot in them. And then there's a lot of really good descriptions in them too. So they really help break things down to understand them better. Um, and, and also Oracle cards are good because they're, you know, they're not based off of like, you know, the cups or Queens or whatever. It's all just like words. And then you can kind of interpret those a lot clearer and easier than trying to understand what like the nine of cups means. You know, if instead of there's a word, it's just love. Like that's easier to understand. So, so our, um, Oracle cards are different than tarot cards, right? They're different, but they do the same thing. Okay. Um, yeah, tarot cards are like the classic, like, they're almost like a regular deck of cards, the way that they're written out and everything, mm-hmm. where an Oracle deck is, you know, it's, um, it's just word, it's word based okay. and they have okay. different themes. So, like, I have one that's crystals, so they have it based on the types of crystals, and, you know, like, citrine is for abundance, and then they have an even further description and how to bring that into your life. So it's easier to kind of interpret the cards as, as you see fit that way. Interesting. Um, do you have any clairvoyant experiences that you would be, like, open to sharing? Um... Yeah, I think there's one that I've, like, told some people, and I think it's a pretty, like, I I mean, there's, like, a lot, but this one's always been really interesting one. Um, I definitely had one of my husband before I met him, which was kind of crazy, like, and it's, like, very detailed, so it was, like, really, it was kind of random, like, when I was 19, I broke up with a boyfriend, and I was really sad about it. And I remember I was just, like, sitting on a bus or something, and I was just thinking about it. And then, like, um, like it was like a short movie clip popped in my head, and it always kind of stayed with me. And then years later, when I got to meet, you know, my boyfriend, who was my future husband, it was kind of like a holy shit moment. Um, but it, uh, it was um, a vision where, okay, so it, it was like a little movie clip where, I just saw like a man sitting in a dark on a dark stage, like uh, performing in a theater, playing the piano, and there's nothing but like one blue light shining on him. And it's at night, and then at the end of the show, people want to talk to him after, but he refuses to talk to anybody. He just kind of like goes home, and he's in like in a really messy dark apartment, and all he does is like practice his craft until he has to come back out to perform again like he doesn't mm-hmm. kind of like avoids everybody and is just really focused on his work and I didn't really know what that meant at the time but I remember thinking like okay I wonder if that will mean anything like that would be interesting and then you know when I met my husband years later and I got to know him it was kind of crazy because he's a piano player and he doesn't, he's very introverted. He does not like socializing with other people. Um, he likes to like work and pretty much stay in his one room. That's always dark. Like we call it the cave. He likes his cave area. Um, and he just like, will come out if it's related for work as an artist, but, and he plays the piano also, but he doesn't want to do anything other than that. So it was very, it was very surreal. And then another one with him a couple years after that, before we, and it was still before we met, I was in class one day drawing or painting. And like, it was again, like another like movie clip popped in my head where I'm like in the backyard of a white house with like a white picket fence. And it was like a white ranch house. And I was kneeling and hugging a golden retriever. And I remember thinking, like, that's weird. Like, I hate the suburbs. I don't really want to, like, have that kind of lifestyle. Like, that's bizarre. And then years later, when we were dating, um, I got invited to his parents' summer home. And, you know, he has golden retrievers, or his parents do. And I was playing with them. 
and he took a picture of me, and it was literally that picture. So, yeah, it was it was weird. So it's stuff like that, and those are the ones. Those are just like the two that always like. I mean, I have a lot, but those are the two that were very like specific, like, and that definitely had happened, and more like two of them for the same person. So. That's it was amazing. pretty crazy. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Sure. Wow. <laughs> well, I so me personally, I don't ever recall having any weird experiences. Um, but it's like the whole mysticism thing is always something that I've been interested in, and I um, got my first tarot deck last year and I've just been kind of like playing with it a little bit and the lady um where I got it from she recommended that I sleep with it under my bed for the first night so that it could get to know me I don't know if this is what you're supposed to do this is just what this one lady recommended but um like literally the next day after I did that my husband went out of town and I was laying in bed um it was nighttime laying in bed the dogs start going crazy they're barking insane and everything and like i feel this pressure like somebody's getting into bed with me and and i was like oh that's weird that's really weird so i get up look around the house everything's fine go back to bed and the dogs start going crazy again and like I feel this pressure on my shoulders like somebody's massaging my shoulders not like in a menacing or creepy way just like somebody's just massaging you know saying hello I'm here (laughs) and I just thought that was like so crazy because I had never ever had any kind of experience like that before and then that happened like literally the day after I slept with the tarot deck under my pillow So I was like, that that's weird. <laughs> oh my god, that's so crazy. <laughs> so um that's yeah, that's my one one off. <laughs> oh, but um for people who are like looking to get in because I mean I've gotta say I've had the same deck now for about a year and I probably don't use it as much as a, I should or whatever but um like what are some tips that you might have to like really get to know your deck and what the cards mean um I would say just like practice a lot um and this is something that's been recommended to me and I know I need to do more of it because it does help is like uh doing like a card a day and then looking up the meanings and just kind of like meditating and then pulling out a card to see what advice the universe kind of has for the day for you. And then really just studying that card. Um, And I try to do it once in a while or I'll do like a spread, Mm -hmm. you know, every day. And I did that in the beginning for a couple of years and it definitely helped me, helped me learn. Uh, I'm a very visual person. So memorizing like the general word meanings with pictures was easier for me. So there are some cards where if I pull it out, I can just like recall like the learning deck, like what the picture was and what it meant. Um, But then there's books that like really go into detail too, if you want to do that also. And they kind of like pick out all the parts of the cards and like what all the little parts of it mean. And that's really helpful also. Um, So yeah, that's, that's really helpful um and yeah actually though with my cards I did have one weird experience when I first got them um when I was in college so I had that mini deck and I actually bought like a little fake wooden box from Michael's and painted it and used that as like my card holder mm-hmm. and one night my my best friend was actually sleeping over um in the dorm and it was like a Saturday morning and I remember I was like just waking up but my eyes were still closed and we heard a crashing noise, and the top of the box was across the room. And it was really scary. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And I asked other people if I should be, like, worried about that, and they just said, like, there was, like, a bad energy, like, or entity in there, but it got out. 
so it's okay. So interesting. <laughs> like I never felt unsafe or anything. It was just like scary in the moment, I guess. Yeah, I asked. Uh, uh, like I'm part of a Facebook group where they talk about weird and paranormal type things, and I asked on there um, about my experience and. And everybody was like, well, it doesn't sound like they were trying to be malicious, whatever it was. And, and like, I actually, I've, it happened like so many times in a row that night that I eventually I set up and I was like, just please go away and let me sleep. Whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> and after, after oh I said, God. after I said those words, it stopped. And so I was like, oh okay, my God. maybe it's like just, trying to get to know me or something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but like yeah, I asked everybody in the group and and they were like, I mean, if you want to it doesn't sound like it is malicious, but if you wanted to like protect yourself, you know, you could do the whole smudging and whatever. But um like I it didn't feel like it was threatening in any way, so I didn't do any of that. Oh my god, <laughs> crazy. And I haven't yeah, had anything happen since <laughs> That's good. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, um, I was like trying to research stuff after that happened too, and I think it's like what I've heard is like if there's like something that is in there, not like in there, but like there's a spiritual connection to the cards, like something a spirit connects with them to to get to you, kind of like to communicate with you. Mm-hmm. Um, that they're just trying to get your attention more than anything else. Yeah, and then if you're just like ignored or taught to stop, then it usually just does that. Huh, interesting. Um, oh, I had a another question for you, and it just like left my mind. Um, <clears throat> so, do you have you ever had any like readings with people that just kind of blew you away, where you're like, oh man, I didn't realize I was going to read this to them or whatever. Um, let me think. Um, that's a good question. <laughs> we can come I back think, to it. <laughs> what you bruised. There's nothing yeah. that was like crazy that came out in a tarot reading. It was more like they were more like amazed by it, I guess, because it right. would get specific. Actually, and I did one for my cousin once over Skype, and he said he felt like dizzy or there was like this weird like thing on top of his head like his energy over like it was like tingling or something which I heard is like it's like your crown chakra is releasing stuff so that was kind of weird um but nothing like to me that was crazy it was more to them like when I did one for my grandma she was worried about like an illness she thought she had and the cards were like told her that she was going to be fine and she just needed to meditate and relax (laughs) and I was like thinking like that makes sense to me but I remember her and my mom were like you know shocked and amazed and whatever so that was kind of funny (laughs) so it's more (laughs) just like funny to see other people's reactions to like because they're like, wow, that's so accurate. And I was like, I told you. So, <laughs> so you're the one that gets to say, I told you so. All the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I did one for my cousin at her um, bachelorette party. And her and a couple of her friends were saying that they thought it was interesting that um, when I would do readings, that the same cards would kept falling out of the deck. Hmm. And I've always noticed that happens because it's like really like they're trying to tell you this is important mm-hmm. but I guess for other people that never do it it's like weirder to them you know gotcha yeah that's yeah I could see if I was like brand thinking new and having the same cards fall out I'd be like cool that's <laughs> 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 have you ever thought about since you you're an artist yourself have you ever thought about making your own or designing your own deck? That's funny you asked that. Somebody was mentioning that to me earlier today, too. I kind of want to because I'm really picky about design. And there's a lot of decks that I am like, I like them. But if they're like badly drawn or like designed, then I can't yeah. take them. Like, 
you know? So I actually have been starting to think about that a little bit. I feel like that would be a, a fun feature project for me to do um, down the road. I would love to do that, actually. Yeah, I was. Um, I have one friend who does, like, just mainly paintings and stuff like that, but she was commissioned to do a deck, and it turned out really beautiful. And, like, even if, you know, somebody's not really into tarot and they just are into the art part of it, it can be really like there's so many decks that I've seen that I just want to get because they look so amazing <laughs> that's cool I'd love to see it I love when other artists like design decks yeah actually yeah the ones that... there's a lot that are made but they're like older you know like they were like they definitely you can tell that they were made in the 90s or whatever like they have like comic sans font and stuff <laughs> or like I don't know <laughs> something like that so yeah, I I can't remember which one it was um, called, but there was one that like uh, I forget is it Alistair Crowley or there was one that's like an old deck and it's really complicated looking and it has a bunch of different things that you can read on it and it's just um, got it's it looked really neat but I think it's black and white and um, I think it's a really pop I'm trying to look it up right now because it's I know it's a really popular one. Um and I know like people when they used to do uh seances and things like that, they would use this deck and I can't find it. So <laughs> um, <laughs> but do you do you stick to pretty much like the same because I from what I've understood, um like once you get really familiar with a deck or really close to a deck, you typically stick with the same couple lines. Is that the case for you as well? Kind of. I've kind of switched them up over the years, though. Um, I, I used to think, too, that it's like you only have one deck, but I think if you feel, like, drawn to something, then you should just go for it. Because mm-hmm. also, if you, have, if you have that kind of spiritual connection, it doesn't necessarily matter what deck you use. Like, you should just be able to have the connection. Like, at the Psychic Development course, we were just given decks to use, and it worked the same as any other deck that I've used. Interesting. Um, What would you, like, recommend for somebody who never, uh, or I guess has never really embrace their spirituality or whatever you want to call it and um, want to like open up that pathway? Yeah, I think meditating. Meditating is like the best way to do it. I think that's what kind of got me into it is just like, like letting yourself just daydream and, you know, don't let your logical part of your brain get in the way and tell you like, oh, that's weird, oh, don't think that. You just kind of, like, let your thoughts flow, and then if you feel like you need to write it or draw it or just have it out, like, a way of remembering it, like, do that, too. Um, But just, like, really meditating, like, I didn't even realize I used to meditate. I would, when I would just get stressed out, I would, like, lay out in a park um, and just, try to just like clear my mind because it was just overactive and I just needed to relax. Um, But when I would do that, I felt like, like I would kind of pray or try to connect to like God or something. And I felt like I would, sometimes I would start to get, feel like I got answers almost Mm -hmm. or like I got guided to something. And that's when I started realizing like, okay, that's, this is meditation. Like I found out later that's like just meditation, but I was really just trying to like, quiet my mind a little bit for some relief um but daydreaming and meditating are like the best ways to just open yourself up to just let things come through that need to come through without having any kind of pressure or stigma because if you have no expectations then you know you can't mess it up or do anything wrong very cool yeah I like that I mean meditation is used by many people worldwide and not just for like spiritual reasons but for health and mental wellness reasons too so that's good I like that advice (laughs) yeah and you can you know if it's you're more religious you can pray like 
you can do, it doesn't, it can relate to you in any way that you're comfortable with. It doesn't have to be against anything. So it should be a way to like help people feel comfortable just to try to like let their intuition speak up basically. Awesome. Well, um, do you, I know you have some social media accounts and everything. Do you want to plug any of those for people to follow you? Yeah. Um, I will give my, I guess my Instagram for now. Um, and then that has connections to my other stuff. I don't have one right now for tarot readings, but I've started to put a couple like Instagram stories up of that and, it's something I'm going to eventually get into, I think, as I get into this more mm-hmm. uh, um, as, like, a side profession. Um, but, yeah, it's my Instagram handle is um, at, I think it's just at Carly Ginsburg. I don't think there's any underscores. Let me double check. <laughs> those, um, those underscores always get What is get it you. again? <laughs> oh, it is, um, there's an underscore. Carla <laughs> underscore Ginsburg. And Ginsburg is a G-I-N-S-B-E-R-G. Awesome. Well, thank you. Carlos with the C. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be sure to include it in the in the show notes as well. Awesome. I find the tarot to be so fascinating because many people use it for fun and casual use. Then you also have the people who really believe that tarot is a divination tool and they use it ritualistically in their lives. If you were to ask me what I use it for, I would probably say exploratory or experimentally. (laughs) If you use tarot in your life, I'd love to hear about it. Until next time, stay curious.